Before your selected episode, here are a few words from supporters of the podcast. Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world, with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows. Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. Hello, you are listening to the Wrestling Purist Podcast. My name is Ryan. As always, alongside, he is the hitman. Uh, he is the former predictions champion. That would be Jeff Hall. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Damn uh, impact shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and funny, funny or not. Um, it wasn't even the impact show that got me. It was the AEW one where where he won where he won that one and then I won the payback one or I had enough points to to get one to tie, but I had champions advantage, so I retained. Didn't I didn't didn't I lose by one? You may have lost by one, but I thought we may have tied. No, 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 no. I mean like the, the one I lost, like the one I the most recent one, I think I lost by one, and I was picking people I had never heard my entire life. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was um, it, it might have it wasn't Slam Aversary, it was the last impact show, and I can't remember. Emergence was it under C? Oh, it might have been Emergence, yeah. And you were like, Oh, no, it was because you were like, I don't know who the coven are, uh, who the coven are, and then with the one before that, it was it was Joe something. <laughs> who is Joe? I have it was no Jake, idea, it was Jake something. Jake something. No idea who Not Jake something is. Fucking clue. But it was so mm. funny because I just sent him a screenshot of like the blank pick'em sheet. And um and he didn't highlight one of the teams or he highlighted two of them. I can't remember which one. But I look at him and I go and I and I text him back. I'm like, do you want MK Ultra or the Coven? And he was like, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> a pro a, a, appropriate response. Like, dealers dealers choice well, spin the wheel <laughs> spin the wheel make the deal spin the wheel well somebody who spins the wheel and makes the deal on a weekly basis over on wrestling recommendations uh one half of the brilliant minds behind that booming podcast uh that would be mr travis lassiter giving myself my flowers over here shaking Damn my hands right. i mean no one, right. gonna, no one else is gonna do it for me 
God damn right. You guys are doing some really great stuff over there. Trying, man. Uh, just uh, having to pick a random match and, and sometimes find it and watch it can be a daunting task. But well, if, we've had some winners here lately. Uh, you know, the, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys and the Midnight Express getting ready to drop. So a, that's a classic banger there. Right up Jeff's alley. Sounds good, that's for sure. Now, well, before we get into this episode of the Retro Review, um, and the only reason I'm doing this is because it's Jeff, and Jeff's a CM Punk guy, so I know I can get him riled, riled up a little bit before we talk about um, a certain talent that's on this um, show that we watch for this Retro Review. Uh, so the big news out of the wrestling world is... Uh, coming from Saturday's AEW Collision show, and that would be that Tony Khan um, finally hit puberty, his balls dropped, and he fired CM Punk. Uh, I, I, I still don't think Tony fired CM Punk. I think his dad's legal team fired him, and well, Tony had to be the front man. At the, <laughs> in the words of Vince McMahon, look, Tony Khan didn't fire Punk. Punk fired Punk. Um. Well, he's, he's he he spoke to the the discipline committee, not the disciplinary committee, the discipline committee, and they, you know, but CM Punk put mm. put somehow CM Punk put everybody's life in danger. I mean, did he have a gun or did he have <laughs> like so? So he had a gun then, right? Is what you're telling me, right? Okay. He, had, he had two guns attached to his shoulders. Uh, you fucking right. <laughs> so this was his statement. Uh, he said, I don't want to discuss the terms of the separation in that sense. I think it's best to say, first of all, I very much want to thank CM Punk, Phil, for everything he did for AEW as a wrestler. But I don't think it was an easy decision for anybody on the discipline committee or for the outside council or... Lawyer. For me to do something like that, I do think it was right. I do think it was the right move. And as far as what's going to happen in the future, I can't speak to that. But I'm not the attorneys who interpret all that language and stuff. Now, to piggyback off of that, um, Jack Perry, um, he goes on to say that he's been suspended indefinitely. We've suspended everybody in that investigation and then took further action after that based on what happened and came out of the investigation. Uh, so there was that. And then there was his, there was this beautiful um, ode to the Chicago crowd. And this is the day before all out. Um, <laughs> so he goes on in this thing to say that it was the first time he feared for his safety at a show and people <laughs> don't work here to be put in danger. Pussy. <laughs> Um, I, I find this over exaggerated and, and, and it's not because we hammer on AEW a lot. I, it just, to me, this felt like somebody wrote it for him and, and he just said, Hey, I need this to sound, um, like I, like I'm the victim and I should have done this after, you know, month, months ago. When he was holding me over over a barrel, you know, bingo. Yeah, and this is what came out of it. Uh, he got the crap boot out of him when they were at when the video came up at the Chicago episode of Collision. So, <sighs> dude, all that was was a like a legal jargon statement to cover his ass 
Like yes. some legal team wrote that yeah. with, with calls, uh, feared for my life. So mm -hmm. if it ever mm -hmm. goes to court, then he's going to be standing there and be like, I, I was scared to death. I was uh, the rage in his eyes. I thought he was going to hurt everybody in the back room, um, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like that. That's all that statement was. Yep. And you come out in your biggest market for your company. The one where you're, it's pretty much your home base. Like you, you go there all the time. You've pretty much killed the market already, but now you've really killed that market. Like mm -hmm. you, you've, you've ostracized the, the fans that loved punk that that bled cm punk and yeah there was some people that were cheering the young bucks and stuff on that show but it's because all the punk fans didn't show up to that show after you, they figured out he wasn't going to be there so that's why it sounds like phil uh phil brooks is getting booed in chicago is because all the fans that were there to see him aren't in the arena if you look at them doing their stupid victory lap around the ring with no fans in attendance that tells you all you need to know about aw their evps their their grown-up approach to the wrestling business because if let's just say triple h got somebody fired he wouldn't have been out in the middle of the ring running around doing victory laps with his hands up in the air no. I, I never heard of this ever in any wrestling promotion being done like that and it's another reason why the boys shouldn't be in charge of the boys because it just breeds contempt because everybody that's a cm punk person in that locker room now knows that the elite, the young bucks, those guys are Tony Khan's people and they're not going to have a leg to stand on going forward because they're labeled as CM Punk people. So I'm a hundred percent with Travis. And at the end of the day, listen, I said right from the get go, Tony Khan didn't nip it in the bud. Mm -hmm. it, well, he didn't. And that's what, yep. that's actually why we're here. Um, but he should, he should have fired him. A, like he should have fired him a year ago. I came on this show and said, well, fuck it. Just fire him. Yep. Oh, well, no, he didn't want to do that. So now we're here. And again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even upset with him firing him. I'm not like, I've said this here a thousand times on the show. I don't mind you firing him, but don't, but, but, but be honest and don't have some bullshit. Like you said, Travis, some legal bullshit, like. Okay, so he lunged at you and somehow endangered everybody. He so he he lunged at Tony, you know, allegedly, and somehow that endangered everybody's life at the show. Yep. Stop. 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 And here's another thing too, man. If the rumors are true, and trust me, the dirt sheets have got a shit ton of stuff wrong here lately. Like, you know, admittedly they've got stuff wrong. They've had to come out and say they have, but. If there really was a meeting that was supposed to be scheduled with Punk and the Elite and Tony Khan in Atlanta before Wembley, and yep. then they canceled it right before you get on a plane and go to Wembley Stadium and all that stuff, wouldn't you be thinking about that the entire flight to Wembley Stadium? And it's also also tells you that Tony Khan does not have the balls or the the hold on his talent to make them show up to that meeting. He owns the company. He says, you either show up or you don't get on the plane to Wembley. That's what he should have told him. And, and he didn't do it. And Travis, did you hear the stuff that like Punk, Punk got to England and then like the contact he had, like the phone number didn't work. Mm -hmm. The people the people who were supposed to pick him up, like he couldn't get a hold of him, didn't pick him up. He had to like fucking catch a train to where he's supposed to go. Like ridiculous. Well, like, and fucking that, ridiculous. That tells you also to infrastructure of that company is not where it should be 
to be a non-secondary company, like Tony Khan wants to say that they're not secondary, which they are because they're not the WWE. WWE's always going to be the biggest game in town until they're just mm-hmm. they 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 shut the doors. But WWE has a bus where all the talent to get on to go to the arena, or they have cars to pick them up or something. You can't tell me you've been big in, building to this show for a good six months selling tickets and you didn't have enough people in your ear. Hey, maybe we should have something to pick the talent up and take them back and forth to the arena so they don't have to deal with the hundreds of thousands of people here, plus all the wrestling fans that are here for the show. You can't tell me that there's something, not something behind that. Well, because it's – no, there is, and it's the biggest fucking mom and pops organization. Okay, and then my second thing. CM Punk gets all this stick for how he's unprofessional. He's this, he's that, he's unprofessional, he's this, he's that. Okay, true, no problem. But like you said, Travis, so he gets fired. Then they're doing victory laps around the thing. Uh, Hangman Page is, is making fun of him on Twitter, which, again, all these people have have have, have the right to do. And, or, or the first time everything went down. They're, they're uh, um, jumping in the ring, falling on their ass like Punk. Kenny Omega's biting people's arms like supposedly happened to things. So it's like Punk's unprofessional there, but all this stuff that they're doing – is just like oh it's just haha it's fun like oh it's just fun like that's not the evps being unprofessional oh no because nobody cares because it's them and again i don't mind it at all i'm happy i got to see cm punk i'm the biggest punk mark ever i got to see cm punk come back he won your belt he technically he never lost it um and again i had my day in the sun it was completely fine i love it so welcome Welcome back to the regular. So, so now, because all this with CM Punk, all he was the reason why all these ratings were going down, right? It was he, he uh, you know, he was just driving ratings down and this, that, and other. Okay, cool. Well, now all is the wrestling devil is gone. All is right with the world, and AEW should start doing all these numbers again, right? <laughs> yeah. Good luck on that. I mean, that. I, sure. no, I, but, but I'm just saying, like, using the internet wrestling communities, you know, all, all the, all the, all the, marks on the internet like they're good you know what yeah. i'm saying like everything's right as rain they'll slip back into where they were and everything will be great and here's another thing and it's something i haven't heard a lot of people mention or talk about but if tony khan is sitting in whatever position they call it i'm gonna call it the gorilla, gorilla position <laughs> and he's watching the monitor like he should be and he sees jungle boy jack off say oh look it's real glass into the camera like a dipshit. Why would you not be the first one he met coming through the curtain? Why would CM Punk even have the opportunity to catch Jungle Boy by himself? He shouldn't have. Tony Khan should have been standing there at the curtain. And as soon as he came through, been like, hey, buddy, me and you, we're going to this room. We're going to talk. CM Punk's got a match. We'll I'll talk to him afterwards. But you don't talk to him. He he's in the he's in game mode to go out here and and, and wrestle. He, there should have never been a confrontation because Tony Khan, if he had any sack, would have been standing there at the curtain so it didn't happen to stop it. With some of his heavies or whatever you want to call them, which ain't much I'm looking heavy. I mean, Christopher Daniels shorter than freaking Jungle Boy. But I'm just saying it could have been nipped in the bud that night too, and Tony Khan let it happen, and he didn't do anything about it. And their their ratings aren't going to come back. You could put on one of the best shows you want to do. PWG used to do it all the damn time. 
put on great shows with flips and everything else, but no one talks about it anymore because no, it's st- it's still a little show in Reseda. That's all. That's all it is. It's all it ever be. It's Mark Wrestling. Four or five hundred people saw it. It still doesn't take away from the fact that you have no storyline, nothing to keep bringing people back except a good wrestling match. And honestly, I'm not going to sit there and watch a freaking show for two or three hours just to see one good match. And I, I need to, you need to have something more to it than that. And people can talk about how good all in is and all good, how good all out was. Well, get me wrong. All out was great, but none of the matches meant anything. And they didn't mean anything the next night or the next Wednesday night, except for maybe the Daniel Bryan match. They didn't. So it's you com- have nothing to pull people back into your show. I you pushed, pushed away the biggest thing that was, was pulling in the casual fans. I, yes, and I said this from the beginning. This show is going to be this show. All the, all the, all the people that love it, they're always going to oh. have those people, but they're never going to be able to get anybody else. Like they're just not. And and again, that's fine. But again, this company was never actually made to make money. It was made for Tony Khan to book his own wrestling, and that, and that's fine. If you got the money to do it, then I, I'm not knocking anybody for. Oh, I'll just create my own and do it myself. Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. His but, dad. Oh His dad has the money. Oh my god. Here I I just want to say this now that you're speaking about all out being one of the better shows. Or at least what the fan base is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it currently has a 9.3 rating out of 10 on Cage Match, uh, yep. with it being high higher rated than NXT Takeover Dallas, which featured Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, rated higher than uh, SummerSlam 2002, which was the return of Shawn Michaels. Um, Forbidden Door from last year. Takeover R Evolution from last um, from 2014. Um, oh, AEW Rampage number two, the first dance, which re- featured the return of CM Punk. Um, so people will think very highly of this card in general. You want to know why it has such a high rating? Because WWE fans aren't watching AEW and going to cage match and fucking making reviews. It's only AEW fans making those reviews for AEW shows. Yes. In in my mind, that that's one reason why they're so high. That's why that ROH show was so damn high. Like you couldn't tell me any WWE fans watched that and ran a cage match and made a review. Because they would have never... made it two out of five, two out of ten stars. I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I've never gone on cage match and rated fucking anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. These fucking people are crazy. And Listen here's another... About oh, uh, this the, the... show. It says, is this, this is a 10 out of 10. Holy fuck. This pay-per-view over-delivered seriously. I guess AEW had no choice okay, but to okay. do that stop, after stop. letting... I, C- I can't do this. CM I can't Punk do this. Go. I, I, I can't do this. We're not, we're not, we're not reading these things tonight on this fucking podcast, God. I'll, I'll jump out this fucking podcast so fast. I like, could already... T- I could tell you why he said that. Because there was no fucking build to the show, so it had to over-deliver because there was no fucking expectations for that show. It's one week after Wembley, no build to it, so of course it's going to over-exceed expectations. Well, what I Tell me what I'm telling to... lies. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to get to was, he goes on to say that the best words to describe this are wrestling heaven. Good thing because we're talking about the Guardian Angel and Fall Brawl 1994 (laughs) War Games. Ah, terrible, terrible fucking segue there. Guardian Angel blows. 
<laughs> well, so did that pay-per-view. Uh, so we are talking about Fall Brawl from 94, uh, September 18th from the Roanoke Civic Center uh, in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, Jeff, this is a mere two hours from us, so very close. Yeah. I've, I've gone to Roanoke a ton of times. I don't think we were at the Civic Center. Um, I watched Raw because I can tell you right now, the place we went in Roanoke to watch one of these Raws one, Raw one time there wasn't even a, like there wasn't an upper deck. It was like the bowl and then like right there. And that was it. Like I, it, there's no way it's, it seated more than like 7,000 people. It was so tiny. It was cool. It's a good show, but yeah, it was so tiny bowl ceiling. That's it. <laughs> uh, so this is coming off of the heels of bash the beach, 1994, uh, most infamously known for, well, let me rephrase this. Should be known for uh, the U.S. title match between Steve Austin and Ricky Steamboat that ended Steamboat's career. Damn uh, right. Temporarily. Um, but that was also notable for the return, well, the in-ring debut, excuse me, of the one and only Terry Bollea, also known as Hulk Hogan. You want to talk about uh, a cancer, brother? Brother. The fucking brother. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so we are gonna talk about the guardian angel, the man called Sting, and Paul fucking Roma, Paul A. Roma, because he's the shits. <laughs> oh, also, speaking of the shits, uh, we're also gonna talk about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, the whole reason Austin's WCW career was killed because of freaking Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Stooge, shove that hoe, hoe in your thumb right up your ass. If he if he dies, he dies. <laughs> oh my god, too soon. Um, so we did have a Hogan Flair rematch set for Clash of the Champions, but because this is 1994 and WCW just likes to rip other things off, we got a Tanya Harding and Nancy Carrington spot. We sure um, did. 1994. Yeah, damn right we did. Um, and this was because this is Hogan's WCW contract. Uh, he only had a limited number of appearances in said contract. Uh, so he wouldn't wrestle on Fall Brawl, which is what we're talking about today. So we had to come up with an with a with an audible here. Um Flair won the quote-unquote rematch by count-out um, mm-hmm. because Hogan did come back. Uh, you know, he's going to look like his strong baby-faced self. Um, this masked figure comes back again and helps Flair attack Hogan. Um, Flair says he heard Hogan submit during the match. He's the real world's champion. See? CM Punk littered all over this show today. You know? Um, <laughs> I forgot about the belt uh, Flair has on the show, though. That yeah. one, like the gold letter, gold behind the lettering. I forgot uh, all about that title. Beautiful. Yeah. So now we pivot for a new main main event. So now we have our war games match. Um, we'll get into it more when we get there. Uh, but this is focused around. Dustin Rhodes' constant issues with the stud stable. 
Um, and things have escalated dramatically after Bash Bash the Beach. And so now we have this. I feel like I'm in freaking 1995 again. Well, <laughs> don't worry. It's about to get better because uh, throughout the crowd the last few weeks, um, we had a strange, mysterious man in the crowd. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, it's... It's wild because he looks a hell of a light Barry Darso, but I could be wrong. Looks <laughs> like the Repo Man. What? Um, I mean, to me, it could also look like uh, Mister Mister Hole in One, my favorite. Crush um, God, but um, oh, not Russian? not to kill this vibe at all, but um, he, he, the back of his shirt definitely said black black top bully on it. Uh, so he would harass everybody with an air horn and talking trash and it's terrible gimmick. So fucking bad. It's so frustrating. I got worked for like a split second. I was like, who the, what the fuck's this guy problem? Oh shit. It's Dorso. Like, (laughs) oh, it's fucking Sar Mongo. Dude. Then I, then I remembered, I was like, what is this? Oh, that's right. We know. Back on our old podcast, Wrestle to Ruin, we covered the uh, ah, wonderful King of the Road match, and uh, it oh. is so bad. And we talked all about Blacktop Bully and how terrible he is. And I forgot he was even on the stamp show until I watched it again. It's such a bad match because because not only is the truck ag- actively moving, so everything is shaky cam either way. But there's so many different camera angles. They go from the helicopter shot, which was obviously pre-recorded, to yeah. the back of the actual truck, to the back of the other part of the truck. It, it, it's a fucking mess. And it's the no blood era of WCW. Yep. So they both bleed in it, and they have to keep shooting around the blood, and the match is edited to all hell. And oh. they both get fired pretty much because of it. Yeah. 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 So bad. So bad. Should have just stayed in fucking WWF. Repo man. That's gold. Repo man. I like so my so the thing about Repo Man, and then we can get rolling here, is for some reason, and it made no sense. Okay, so the friggin' burglar mask made sense. He looked like a raccoon, whatever. Um, you know, and the um tow truck hook made sense, but why is his outfit have tire marks on it? Because he was getting uh, hit by cars and stuff, and he was trying to repo things. He was trying to chase people down, and they were running him over. I, I mean, I don't know. You know what? That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Exactly <laughs> what I thought. He's getting run over out here, and Jesus Christ. Yeah, why not? I mean, you had all types of characters. Uh, you had Max Moon. uh <laughs> Any way to talk about Maximum on this podcast, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> Schmuck. Fucking Maximum. Also, um, fucking Aldo Montoya. Fuck, fucking just incredible. Fucking scumbag. Power Ranger looking bitch. Yeah, fucking jockstrap having ass. Yeah. Anyway, Fall Brawl opens up. Uh, it looks like it's uh, just like a black and white of a roadmap and it looks like it's uh, like a fighter jet type of simulation or something. 
Um, so, uh, struck by a missile, you hear Mayday. Um, guessing not, nobody's asking for help. Um, but we do get a rundown of the entire card. Um, all fucking shot and recorded to shit. Um, when when Sullivan slapped Evad, I was dying. Like <laughs> in like the little I mean, I was dying. Fucking it got me Evad. so bad. Oh, Evad. oh fucking Evad. They oh. can't even they can't even add up their title matches correctly in this video either. No, they cannot. And you mentioned that <laughs> earlier. It, it, I I I had to go back and make sure I wasn't like going going crazy because you're spot on. We have two title matches, and then they announced three in the package. I was like, what the fuck, WCW? Come on, man. Eric Bischoff can't add. CW. No, of course not. Really, do you think they had enough money to add? They just paid for Hulk Hogan. Sure, they were constantly in the red, so. Yeah. Um, And and the red and yellow, brother. Oh, he's got the red, white, and blue running through his veins, baby. He's American-made. You know what this opening reminds me of? Have you ever played the um, anything on like a Sega CD? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. This, but like all Sega, right. So Sega this Saturn. is the this is the 32x add-on. <laughs> it, it it's that, and it it actually uh, looks just like a damn helicopter game I used to play back in the day. Uh, something aerial strike, assault, a strike, or something like that for Sega. But yeah, something sounds right. Um, so Tony Schiavone wel- welcomes us, asks us to stand for the national anthem, and Jimmy Del Rey's brother Martin Del Rey does the honors. You must say, Who the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we get that mess of whatever it was supposed to be. Then we get Skiavone joined by uh, me, Gene Oakland, and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, wearing a neck brace. Uh, he just had a ton of neck issues and just needed to be done. Also, is it, good. Is it weird for you guys to see Mean Gene standing by a WCW ring? Because it still doesn't feel right to me watching watching no, this show. Weird. I was like, I was like, this does not feel right to me. Still. Um, no, it's a little bit weird. Uh, I'm with you, uh, Travis. It felt so weird that like. So we're, he's doing the interview, and I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Mean Gene, and then like I kind of like just like look in. I'm like, "Well, shit, this is WCW." And like I know I was watching WCW, but I just saw Mean Gene, so my place, my mind just, you know, I just default was like, "Oh, you're watching WWF," you know. Like, nope. It looked like he had just walked off the WWE Control Center or yes. whatever. Yes. And then. And then later when he's talking to Hogan, you're like, wait, this is WCW? You know, it's just, it's so weird. Yeah. Definitely a little weird here. Uh, But we run through the card. Uh, Fans boo when they hear Hogan's name, of course. Um, And there's a decision about the U.S. title since Steamboat is injured. Uh, So we move to our opening contest. Uh, we have uh, the match for the World Television Championship. It is your champion, uh, Lord Steven Regal, taking on Johnny B. Bad. And I'm going to get this the, out of the way now. Uh, one, two, three, match of the night. The, I, I am going. I'm going to agree. 
the prettiest man in wrestling. Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, oh God, Mark Merrill. <laughs> so we. So sorry, Stephen Regal uh, has a small feud with uh, legendary Antonio Inoki after Bash the Beach. Uh, they have a match at Clash of the Champions, which, spoiler Anoki wins, but it is not for the title. So now William Regal has to re-pivot back to his feud with uh, the prettiest man in wrestling, Johnny B-Bad. Um, although through interviews and promos, he didn't really understand why he had to wrestle Johnny B-Bad again, uh, considering he's beaten him multiple times now. So, uh, but then... He punches uh, Sir William, and here and here we go. And it's 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 weird because a heel's defending his manager that he berates all the time, but like that's the reason he's going to defend his title against Johnny B. Bad. It's so it's so good, <laughs> so fucking backwards. And it not to is... mention the not to mention the fact that Regal comes out wearing a fucking wig right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, because that is, um, according to Bobby the Brain Heenan, the proper way to dress for a sporting event in England. <laughs> Just pulling <laughs> stuff out of his ass. It's so good. Yeah, he also said that uh, Johnny B. Bad was dressed like a uh, um, bubblegum machine. <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> it's so good. You know, good for him. He uh, was good. To, he was good on this. On the, I mean, he's always good, but he was good on this. This whole this whole uh, pay per view. The entire night. So. Um, so this is monthly curtain jerker Johnny B. Bad. Um, and honestly, curtain jerker, William, Lord, Lord Stephen Regal, like a lot of a lot of the 93 and 94 and even the 95 stuff before um, Marrow jumps ship. It's a lot of William Regal defending the television championship to open a show or Johnny B. Bad opening a show, and it's like that means you're doing something, something right, because this was crisp. It was well executed. Um, Regal wrestled like Regal. Um, Johnny B. Bad made this match exciting because he made a couple of comebacks in this match. Um, The last, and it got better Mm -hmm. as the match came to its end, to its conclusion. Um. And then I also like that it was just a backslide that gets the job done. Like something just so simple. And it you don't need to hit seven finishers, okay? You don't. A backslide catching somebody just off guard will do it. We've said it multiple times on this show. It will get the job done. As long as you don't do it multiple times back to back, you're fine. In a, in a mat in, in a card, you're you're good to go. I agree, I agree with everything you said. Uh I really, really like this match. I'm a huge fan of of Lord Steven Regal around this time. I've been begging for one of his matches to hit it on the wheel on wrestling recommendations just because he's so good at this point. Like he can wrestle any style with anybody and and make it good. And he can he he sticks to his regal style pretty well, yeah. but he makes it work around like Johnny B. Bad. And and no, and you cannot deny that Johnny B. Bad is over with the fans of the bad blasters and the, the capes and all that stuff. Like he is heads and shoulders above what wild man, Mark Merrow would become. Like mm-hmm. this is the best, yeah. best Mark Merrow ever was in this time yep. period. Um, and, and you're right. He, he, they opened the show a lot. Uh, they're the cruiserweight title before the cruiserweight title existed essentially, Spot but on. it's just, 
they tell a great story. Regal's the heel in and out, getting rubbed down by Sir William um, when his shoulder gets worked over. Um, and they just they just do everything that they're supposed to do to get the crowd on their side for this match. And it just, like you said, Chris flows well. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Uh, I'm I'm with you. This this match was great. It was a proper wrestling match um, with Mr. Regal. What you guys said about Mero is correct. He's great here. All this stuff is good. He knows when to sell. He knows when to do everything here. And it works at Regal. Regal could, like you said, wrestle any style, anybody, anywhere. And he's going to figure it out. And he's going to do his stuff. And it's just good. This was definitely a, um, a great opening match. Probably too good, you know. <laughs> you know, in, in the realm of opening matches, this is a really good fucking opening match. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And you forget how athletic Regal is until he does like a nip up in this match and different things like that. Like, I don't remember William Regal nipping up that much in WWF when he came around. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is young, nimble William Regal and and kudos to Johnny B. Bad taking risks, jumping over the top rope to the outside on him and Sir William. There's one spot where he eats the rope on a cross body block, like Regal moves and he just bodies all out right into that top rope so um both guys did a great job man I, I can't speak highly enough about this match which is my match of the night as well yeah and aside from a small championship reign uh this would be all this would be the year of regal essentially um he held he won this title back at last year's fall and fall brawl. He defeated Ricky Steamboat. Uh, he lost to Larry Zabisco in May of this year. Uh, Zabisco had it for 52 days, but Regal's first reign went for 225. And in the second reign, up until this moment, went for 87 days. Uh, so, I mean, he's he would only have one other reign left in him, and it would be in the late summer of 96 he defeated Lex Luger on an episode of Saturday Night and then would go on to lose it to Prince Iakea god go from Luger to Iakea Jesus god damn it but you know what's even worse do you know who the last WCW television champion was is it damn Jim Duggan it is damn Jim Duggan he held it for 54 days because, uh, let's all say it together, he found it in a trash can. Now, is that indicative of Jim Duggan or WCW's booking at the time? Yes. Because <laughs> he couldn't win it fairly. Jim Duggan had to find it in a trash can and make himself champion. Like, he's not a real champion. He's a false champion, much like his U.S. title reign. It's a fake, a fraud. Yeah, exactly. And we've chased... Jeff off momentarily with all of our Duggan slander, uh, except it's not slander when it's when it's true. So true. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's back. It's he's back. back. He made back. it back. Uh, so, sorry, sorry. Dogs are having explosive diarrhea around here. <laughs> oh no, you're uh, fine. We just talked about a little bit of our own. So, uh, aka Jim Duggan. Yeah, aka Jim Duggan. Uh, 
Are, are we on the Jim Duggan match or no? Where no, we at? Uh, no, I asked uh, Travis who the last WCW World Television Champion was, and we said it was Duggan because he found it in a trash can, and it just kind of rolled from there. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a common thread throughout the whole show. Yeah. <sighs> but we do um, go from that. We get the recap of the Hogan Flair situation. Uh, show the events from Clash, um, and then Tony Schiavone, like an like an idiot, um, says, "Oh, it was a plan to take Hogan out of the sport." No shit. <laughs> really? You think so? He's he's stating the obvious for all the plebeians out there. You fucking smarmy <laughs> asshole. Uh, <laughs> but we go from that. To our loser leaves WCW match. Um, that is uh, the one and only Cactus Jack taking on Kevin Sullivan uh, with Brother Evad. And so, from a storyline perspective, um, uh, so both of these guys lost the tag titles at Bash the Beach. Cactus Jack's attitude changed, um, attacked Evad, did the same thing to Kevin Sullivan. Uh, and then, I mean, facts, because because we talked about this before. Um, he cuts a promo saying that um, Kevin Sullivan convinced Cactus Jack to forego surgery to repair his ear so that they could win the tag titles. Um, and then he said it was his fault that his wife and children couldn't look at his mangled face. Eh, well, there's, there's still trying to make the ear an angle, <laughs> but it doesn't matter if it's not with Vader. Sorry, like you just yeah, yeah, grasping for straws with that one. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. Yeah, they're trying to make it. Like, oh, look at like look how dangerous. Like look how crazy. And like they're right, but. It just doesn't have any gravitas when it's not with Vader. If if you don't put it with Vader, the man who did it, then to me, it it just is just doing it for the sake of doing it, and it has no meaning or merit behind it. And fuck Evad in his red and yellow, by the way. Hey, <sighs> don't hey, you better not forget what year you're in. That's gonna pay off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, brother, it's gonna pay off. <laughs> so big. Uh, yeah, because you can't forget about the man called Hulk. Oh. The man a... called Hulk. Oh, and, and take a step back when when they started talking about Hogan, that yeah. arena booed the hell out of the name Hulk Hogan the, the entire night. Yeah, because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's Virg- why Virginia's flare country. Damn it! Damn right. That 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 it is. That it is. That it is. Um. So, if you don't know, um, Evad is really just Dave Sullivan, but he is, and this is not a lie, this is the storyline here, uh, the dyslexic brother of Kevin Sullivan, and who regularly mispronounced his own name as Evad. So, they wanted to call him mentally handicapped without calling him mentally handicapped, is what they were trying to do here. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this is Eugene before Eugene. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. except Evad was not a wrestling savant. Okay, 
he bad could, he bad did have nice bunnies so i i i mean i don't I, 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 was pretty tame eugene was <laughs> eugene was the wild west that's true <laughs> Look, well, i mean in, in, in the in the realm of in the realm of entertainment and gimmicks trust me evad was tasteful eugene Look, was oh. When he comes out, it, but and he when but, when he comes out and cuts a promo on himself and he's like, "I quit laughing at me. I'm special." Yeah. Oh boy, it's the it's the jacket that's always inside out that just gets me. God, it just. <laughs> oh, gets you mean me. it's you mean it's not the backwards e? Are you sure? Yeah, it is. It's the fucking jacket that's inside out. It's a, mm-hmm. it's everything. Then his hand motions as he comes to the ring. Oh my god. Shit. <laughs> one of the worst gimmicks ever um but yeah um but the real reason since we've t- tackled the storyline portion for the most part um Mick Foley saw the writing on the wall cuz Rick Flair was now booking WCW and they did not see eye to eye um so uh and the convincing that for him to come wrestle instead of getting his ear fixed is not it's not storyline it is an actual shoot that is fact they had him come back instead of getting his ear fixed and what was your reward winning the tag titles for a couple weeks yeah because this is around when the time he's going to ecw and he spits on the tag titles and flair doesn't get the promo Yep, but, yep. And man, it, you gotta imagine if, if Foley would have hung around, which he would have gotten a feud with Hogan a little bit. That would have been kind of cool to see the the Wildcat Jack versus Hogan, but we yeah. didn't get to see that. But yeah, I, I don't see how Flair as a promo guy couldn't sit down and watch that that promo and be like, Okay, I understand what he was doing. He wasn't spitting on us as a company. He was saying that his legacy meant more than a title belt. I mean, it was simple. It was a simple promo. Yeah, uh, yeah, but man, Flair's top dog, and you know how those you know how those guys think. You know, I mean, this is a man though that went out on WWF television with the WCW title slash NWA title, so he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. Except fuck mm-hmm. Jim Hurd. Yeah. yeah. So the feud that Cactus really wanted in turn for coming back and doing the job and all that, um, he he at least wanted them to build a feud with Vader to capitalize on everything that was going on, uh, but they didn't want to do it. He saw the writing on the wall, and he bounced. He got Evad instead. And, well, we got, we got Evad, and this match isn't bad. It's just you could tell that it was phoning it in. Honestly, it was too yeah. short. You couldn't build anything up really, and it was just everything very quickly and just gives you no time to breathe. Uh, it was it was herky jerky, and then some of the. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind botches on things that are botch worthy but we shouldn't be botching like just back elbows and big kicks and like yeah i i, uh, I didn't like it but it's, it's like you said well, i mean uh, cactus or foley was like fucking i'm out of here anyway so you know 
fuck it, I guess. But yeah, I wasn't a fan. And then at the finish, like, yes, he was supposed to get hit, but he really hit Evad off and then kind of took a back bump. And I was like, ah, yeah. Well, I, I'm right there with you guys. I feel like as I watched this match that Foley was kind of just kind of phoning it in. It was it was like, okay, I know I'm done. I'm going to do enough to, you know, take some of these bumps that people are used to seeing me take on the concrete and, you know, jumping off the rope and, and different stuff. But like you said, like, I don't feel like they ever really got into a groove. It was just like, let's do a couple of, of flashy spots and get out of here because I'm leaving this company and I want to be able to go do what I want to do. And he didn't give a, I don't think he really cared what happened after he left. So why care about putting on a five-star classic or, or still in the show when he knows they're going to not going to do anything with him. You could tell it was a, like a beaten down, downtrodden Foley in this match. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And hot take Kevin Sullivan is not a great technical wrestler. Um, he could tell a story like nobody's business. He could shoot from the hip. Um, just wasn't a great technical wrestler, but also at the same time, sloppy as fuck. So yeah, this kind of already wasn't going to be great. And really, you had Cactus, who if he was checked in for this, it would have been better. But him being checked out, plus Kevin Sullivan not being great at really anything. And this is what you got. Yeah. Not a fan. I mean, it's so-so, but it's not something to write home about and go watch again. Nope. But we go backstage. Mean Gene is with the stud stable. He tells them there is no tomorrow, uh, but Bunkhouse Buck fucking sloppy jalopy disagrees. Um, Interrupts Mean Gene. He's been putting the cart before the horse. Bunkhouse Bunk fucking sucks. Agreed. I fucking Sorry. hate Bunkhouse Gut. I know we just lost him, but I hate the stud stable. I hate Bunkhouse Buck. The only person in that stable that was worth a damn or two people were Funk and Terry Funk and uh, Arn Anderson, and they weren't even real members to me. Yeah, and also... um bunkhouse bunk is now fucking fucking sloppy jalopy because he looks like 10 pounds of fucking shit all right five pound bag yeah. 10 pounds shit in a five a five pound bag <laughs> um you guys are being a little harsh i mean <laughs> oh fuck off jeff let Drive me let up. me let me tell you you Travis is wrong, but like, that, <laughs> that freaking sloppy jalopy bastard standing behind me and Gene is worth a damn in the in this stud stable. He he's not good, man. Him and Dick Slater not, later as a tag team. No, they're it's is terrible. this is this another hacksaw Jim Duggan thing for you? Like no, like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not defending but <laughs> Buckhouse Bunk. I'm just saying, like, I didn't think it was I don't know. I mean, he had Arn. You had funk, you know, I, I could go for 20 years on funk, but um, I thought Ming looked the part and like was the part. He just was out of, he, he, he just was like one of these guys doesn't fit with all these guys, you know. I, I have said this time and time again, me and Eddie have both agreed on this. If they would have left Ming like this, like a Bond villain with the glasses kind of mixed with Curtis Hughes, 
Mm-hmm. Fucking money, dude. Money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then World they champion. put that stupid gi on him and tried to give him the great Muda yeah. headdress later on. No, yeah. oh man, this this right here was. If they'd have let Haku or Ming be this guy right here. I could have yeah. seen him U.S. champ or no fighting Hogan. No, no, yeah, no. I I agree. When, when he's like this, he's a big bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's great because there's. I mean, he doesn't talk a lot anyway, but um. Yeah, yeah, he just looks so legit here, like so legit. Mm-hmm. Man, um, <laughs> well, um, Funk says he volunteers to take the front line against the FBI, and I had to rewind this. And I, I so here's what happened: I paused it immediately. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then I was like, "Let me rewind it." And I listened to it again, and I let it play all the way through. And I was like, "FBI." And then he's like, and then he goes, I mean, the Fat Boys Incorporated. I lost it. Ter- Terry Funk and Arn Anderson do a good job in this promo. Don't get me wrong, but I just, ah, oh, man. Uh, being, having that stunt, <laughs> stud stable stink on you. But, yeah. yeah, Terry Funk just is wild Terry Funk. It's great. Then Arn tries to tie it all together. Well, the time yeah. has come to reach into your manhood and pull out something. And then Ming throws fucking karate kicks at the camera. Yeah. And it was so cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was good. And then we've got this whole we got this whole fucking mess with the US title. And you've got Ricky Steamboat out there with fucking his spine being in three pieces. You got you got Steve Austin. You got Nick Bockwinkle. It, 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 this whole thing is an absolute disaster. I am going to disagree. Uh, <laughs> until Duggan comes out. Until Doug comes out. And I might, and maybe, and maybe I'm jaded because I know what comes next. You know, but. You know, it's already upsetting that, you know, Bachwinkle's like, oh, the doctors won't allow him to wrestle. It might be forever. <laughs> oh, okay. Gives about I- back to Austin. Everybody's booing. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, but he didn't beat me. You know, and, <laughs> but, call- and then he calls him a mealy mouth Hawaiian punk. I loved it. I loved it. it, was, it was that, little- that actually got me. Little it's flashes the- of Stone Cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the Dragon Slayer uh oh, dude uh trunks too. This um, if that match would have happened, this match would have been my match of the night. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so damn good. Their feud is so good. Oh, well yeah. Austin goes to leave the ring, but he gets stopped and says that he will defend the title tonight. Um he's gonna lose his boat if he doesn't. So then we get his opponent and Jeff, who is stunning Steve Austin putting his title on the line against tonight um it's none other than hacksaw jim duggan and listen i don't know what you guys are talking about but they say his name he comes out and the roof blows off the place he gets a pop he gets popped like nobody's fucking business he gets he gets pyro he comes out he's got the american flag two by four and the other and the roof blows off the place I don't understand this. I mean, I just don't get. <laughs> I don't get the hate. I just he, don't get it. 
he gets a pop. Don't get me wrong. I, I I never said he didn't get the pop, but did he deserve this spot? Did he deserve this title? No. Yeah, but no. listen. No. Listen, listen, Travis. I'll break it down to you like this. Um, nobody deserves anything in this life. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Really, we don't, we don't deserve anything. But what you can do is you can earn things. Oh bullshit! And oh, ha- fuck off. And hacksaw earned this. And hey, listen, when your number's called, all you can do is beat the man in front of you, and that's what happened here. Bingo, bango, bongo. You can't even say like, "Oh, it was a bad match." It wasn't. It was nice and clean, and to it the wasn't point, even a match. <laughs> it was well, thirty no, seconds. No, no, this was oh, a match. Oh my this, god! No, it's this, no, it's this, no, it's not. This was a match. <laughs> um, it sanctioned my Bockwinkle, and <laughs> if uh, hold on to your butts, everybody, because if you think the pop was loud when he came out, uh, the pop when he one two three wins this thing, these people go crazy. Crowd goes crazy. The camera's got to pan up because there's so many hands in the bottom of the shot. I'm telling you, it's Bot- it's great. Botwiggle pushes Austin into the freaking shoulder tackle. Like That's, it's not even it's not even clean. It's not yeah. even it's not even a good match. Uh, Austin- I didn't see. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see that on my uh, on my screen. Uh, listen, of course not. Listen, listen. Then the camera pans to the crowd. The crowd's going crazy. Uh, um, later in the shot, they're going around. There's literally a guy who's go back and watch it. There's literally a guy that that's sitting there. He takes his hat, tips his hat, and puts it back on. I mean, it's beautiful. It's perfect. He it's tips perfect. his hat to the disaster that is wrestling. Is like I'm never coming back here again. Yeah, the, the the tackle and he 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 flops Austin over. Boom, flat back bump. He dives on him. One, two, three. No, done. No, done. The whole promo leading up to it with Austin standing there crying and making fun of Steamboat, and then him and his interactions with Nick Bockwinkle were all cool, and you know it's like it sets him up to be this heel, oh. this heel, and then you fucking kill it with Jim Duggan for a nothing cheap pop. That's all it um, was. Oh, and then like you guys said, uh, is this a match? Not only is this this is a match, this is the match of the night, brothers. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> This is my match of the night. If you don't like it, you can kiss my ass, but hey, yeah. And all is right oh with the world. Oh my God. Oh, I this, couldn't wait. This man, this sucked, sucked so much <laughs> ass on so many I, levels. I'm getting I, fucking worked. This is when, for this. this is when you know Hogan's influence is happening in WCW. Yes, sir. Guy comes through, takes the damn U.S. title off a guy that pretty much him and Steamboat had, had a fucking classic feud over. You kill yep. all of it in 30 seconds with Jim Duggan's hoeing ass up and down the fucking aisleway. And, and, and what does he do? Get crushed by Vader. And this who is didn't a need the belt. This is a shoot, brother. This is uh, it's good stuff. Oh, and by the way, since I am the engineer of this show, um, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew that, but I have I'm no the, idea. Yeah, since I'm the engineer of this show, my name's in the in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, I'm right. You are. I'm just gonna say this right now. This is one of my top five worst moments in wrestling. And then, <laughs> then so so. Then you have a beautiful segue. We're yelling USA, USA. Duggan cuts a good promo. Then on the way out, 
He high five stars and stripes. I mean, I, I don't understand this whole thing. Fuck Paul Roma. It's th- this this whole uh, this whole continuity of Doug and winning the belt. USA. We're rolling. We're rolling into Marcus Alexander Bagwell and the Patriot. It's perfect. It's absolutely no. perfect. Mm. No. This let Austin have the belt till Starcade. <laughs> Fuck. Then lose then you, it. And then you know what ruined it? That fucking piece of shit blacktop bully who's doesn't know his fucking ass from a hole in the ground. Oh, that oh, that's what ruined this. Got it. Um, so Steve Austin won the US title at Starcade 93, uh, two out of three falls match with they call him the natural. Natural. Yeah, well, he's the son of a son. He's the son of a gun. Um, So Austin has this fucker for 240 days. Okay. He loses. He loses the steamboat at Clash of the Champions. uh, Has it for 25 days, whatever. Um, And then they count this as a title reign when... He gets the title because Steamboat was injured. And then this fucking schlub wins it off in 30 seconds, keeps it for a hundred days, loses just, to Vader, and it's never and that title was never the same again. I I don't understand the heat. The man didn't book himself. He can't fucking wrestle, Jeff. He He's awful. <laughs> He didn't do anything in this match to be awful. The only he didn't reason do he, anything in the match. The only reason he got a, that he got a pop is because he's in the United States of America in 1994. He's also oh, a WWF no, the... wrestler oh, showing up shit. in WCW. It's also another another reason. Uh, no, he got pop when he came out. He got pop when he won. He got pop because he's hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jack, and that's that's mm. that's the reason. Uh, I'm gonna agree to disagree here. I uh, I, I, I can. Uh, nope, nope. You two motherfuckers ready to get ready for your Jim Duggan cameo for you? Right? I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now. I'll tell you that. I, my, I won't uh, open it. I will not open it. Uh, I'll send I it will. to you. Get ready I for will. hey Travis. Hey Travis Lasseter, you ain't shit. And your wife's a oh. You wait. You wait. You wait. You wait. <laughs> oh man, then we'll get the young bucks to give you one. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, let's not forget Jeff Hall knows fucking Ricky Morton. So everybody just chill the fuck out. Well, he's I mean, I can't text him right now because I'm on a podcast, but oh god, yeah, I mean he's my own personal friend, Ricky Morton. Um, personal friend of the show too, as well. Um, so Duggan wins the title here, and then I fuck you not this motherfucker between the time he wins the title and loses to lose the title has two matches once a rematch with austin isn't it they're both rematches against austin did he go over twice yep yes oh wow look at no reason because he's because he's a draw you know who else doesn't like hicks all jim duggan stone cold steve austin yeah. <laughs> Austin <sighs> lost a fall brawl. Or no, then he lost to Halloween Havoc. Then he lost to Clash of the Champions. What is that 29? Can't fucking Roman noon right now. And then Duggan finally lo- loses Stargate. Those are his only four matches with the with the United States title involved. 
before he starts taping his fist like a freaking cross-eyed jackass thinking it makes his fist tougher or something. Yeah, 95. I'll, I'll tell you what's tough. Yeah. Fucking what? not you, bitch. What, watch him and Bunkhouse <laughs> Buck and tell me that fucking Jack, Hacksaw Jim Jackoff is a fucking draw. I mean, uh, look, and I, all right, so here's, the I don't care what you call him. Just make sure you put United States champion in front of his name there, bud. Look, this is the reason why it's so upsetting because Steve Austin at this point is still a young talent to some extent. And he's been on this title reign and he just had a great match with Steamboat and he has all of the momentum in the world and then turn it around and in well, 35 you, seconds, okay. Yeah, Axel but what you get kills it. Yeah, or, but what you guys you you guys got to look bigger picture, okay? Here, so look, we did. Uh, That's why Austin uh, should have won. Listen, Austin's this. You know, he's young, up and coming. He's a star, right? He does the job here. You know, what I'm saying he 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 gets the rub here from from Jim du- Jim Duggan. What you guys should really be doing, you should really be getting down on your fucking knees and thanking the wrestling gods because what happens here. No, you're not getting worked because what happens here is is after this match right here, after Jim Duggan does his thing and 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 you know Austin does the job, Austin gets the rub, and with <laughs> yeah, rub right back down the fucking car. No, 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 not at no, not at all. This is the, without this loss right here, he doesn't become stone cold. And so you got to go all the way back to this point. This loss here, you know what I'm saying? After this, he went to be, he you know, left, did his thing, and became Stone Cold. So really, you know, with, without this loss to Jim Duggan, he doesn't become Stone Cold Steve Austin. You guys got to look bigger picture. Oh. True. True. But if he doesn't and he carries the United States title on, maybe WCW has a star for the next fucking 10 years and they don't go out of business. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong, but he... he, <laughs> he he wins here, and and Duggan doesn't. Man, he's probably I don't know. By the end of it, he's he'll he beat Hogan's bodyguard by the time it was all said and done. He'd be the disciple. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm well. Yeah. I'm really glad everybody is bringing that up because right after, oh, I'm sorry, he lost both of his rematches to Duggan. Uh, he pitched an idea to Eric Bischoff that it would be revealed that Austin is a family member. Of Hulk Hogan. Uh, Bischoff quickly turned it down, seeing uh, as Bischoff believed that Hogan would not work with somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is not a proven name at the time. Yeah, but we'll work with fucking Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake is something called the Butcher. Can't and main event a Starcade with somebody that can't do a damn thing in the ring. Can't fucking wrestle for shit. I, I, this whole thing just fucking bog, boggles me. Okay. And let's be real here. Um, the match with the match with Duggan at Clash of the Champions, uh, that was his last WCW match. You wanna know why? Because ugh, fucking god damn it. He got so he got released. Um he was a part of the vacant US championship tournament that never made it to TV. Um Went over Duggan there because why the fuck not? Because it was a first round match, um, but then but then ate the pin to Randy Savage in the quarterfinal, obvious reasons. And Austin suffered a triceps injury, 
uh, on the Japanese tour, and that was it. Let uh, the Bischoff, good. Let the record be shown that um, Duggan was giving him his win back too. By the way, but go ahead. Uh, fucking six months later, when it was too late. Call it what you want. Oh my gosh, I'm calling. I'm calling a spade a spade here, but uh, Bischoff and WCW did not see Austin as a marketable wrestler. Additionally, Bischoff thought that Austin was extremely hard to work with. Well, he took his ball and went to ECW, cut the promo of his life, and from there just just platforms himself, and that's where we get Stone Cold from. Yeah. So again. Thank you for that, mm. God. But Jim Duggan, no, no, no. agree no. to disagree. No, I'm, 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 I'm out. Jim Duggan's, Jim Duggan's terrible. Jim Duggan's hey, trash. It's funny though because we're gonna cover the show that he made his ECW debut on here in a couple weeks, and we're gonna circle back to this and we'll see what you think then. Because I'm, t- I'm telling you, fair. Um. <laughs> Just reading, just it's just so frustrating. And I know, I know that I know that you're a Duggan guy, but it, it, it but booking wise, it doesn't make sense. This is like uh, Sting coming in, and right after Wardlow beats MJF, uh, Sting beats Wardlow for the TNT title. It's exactly the same thing. That's like having Gunther lose to like somebody on a freaking house show and not get the Intercontinental Title reign record. The, the disrespect, honky tonky man. <laughs> but that, but but that's exactly what it's come what it's comparable to. It's it's comparable if Sting came in, Wardlow squashes MJF like he like like he did. He's the TNT champion. And on top of that, Sting, the next night or a week later, Sting goes over. You mean like Hogan at WrestleMania 9? Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it's like. Fucking horse shit. I guess we'll... Right. Um... <laughs> Let, let's let's get to the worst fucking match on this card. We just, just covered we just, it. No, we just no, covered no. it. <laughs> The actual although worst match on this card. Although this isn't good either, but um, in the words of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, God bless America. Oh, Canada. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, we transitioned from <clears throat> that quote-unquote match to this quote-unquote match uh, for uh, the Tag Team Championships here. We have... Uh, pretty wonderful. That would be scumbag Paul, Paul Roma, and uh, Paul Orner. If that'd be Mr. Wonderful, the third of two title matches tonight, I guess. Yeah, the um, third of the third of two. You're right. Paul Roma is the drizzling shits. Yes, he is. Oh, God. Um, so, so they, they, they come out, they come out with these fucking glasses, like. <laughs> It looked like someone was like, "Hey, uh, on the hey, we need something cool." Okay, stop and get us something cool on the way to the stadium. And they stopped at a fucking truck stop and got these fucking five dollar, <laughs> these five dollar fucking like safety glasses that are just happen to be black. They're fucking awful. Then they're coming out to the ring, and I I need someone to explain to me like why Paul Roma's like, like bouncing like the whole time he's in the ring like taking his stuff off. I'm like. 
the fuck is going on? Like, Cocaine. what is going on? Cocaine. My God, fucking Paul Roma. No wonder why everybody fucking hates you. Well, uh, old, uh, old, old wrestler ruined. Uh, I used to call him Paul A. Roma because he was the shit. <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, we also had a shirt made where it's Paul Roma in shit brown, and it's got like smells coming off of him, and it's like <laughs> it says Paul A. Roma on it. Should have wore that tonight, but yeah, fuck Paul Roma. Just get that um, out there. I yeah. think I think we should just do this now. Um one-time NWA World Tag Team Champion and three-time WCW World Tag Team Champion, Paul Roma. And a horseman. Jeez, I forgot about that. (laughs) Damn it. 80-year-old Ric Flair wouldn't get out of his way. I mean, the job guy from the WWF. (laughs) He had... He, like... To me, he's like a prime example of a guy that has everything in the sense of... Like, he's not, like, a bad worker. Like, he's okay there. He has a face that, like, you want to punch. You know, it's like he has that, like, oh, God, like, get this guy the fuck out of here. He has a great physique, but, like, none of it works. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has, like, all these traits that, like, you know, if you have a couple of these, you can put them together. He has, like, a couple. Well, you know, a lot in my book. But he's terrible still. It's He's awful. And back to the entrance gear that Jeff was talking about. You got matching tights, but you can't get matching ring jackets. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> At least Guys, stars the and budget. stripes looks like a team. Hey, the budget ran out because we had to get Terry, brother. And then, and then, yeah, nope, nobody. Wrong. And then there's time in this match where we don't know who the legal person is. Uh, uh, Orndorff or. Orndorff goes under there and grabs the cooler for the ring guys and pours ice on Bagwell. Bagwell hits Orndorff with a water bottle. Like, it's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's, it's this, whole, this whole thing is stupid. The best Some, part of this match is Bobby Heenan on commentary making fun of Bagwell and the Patriot. And he's right. And he's fucking right. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's crazy because, like, Orndorff, like, he knows he knows what to do. He knows better. You know what I'm saying? Orndorff's a great worker. So I, I don't know. I guess the Roma just got to him. Like, you know, Roma's fucking getting the crowd together. Um, there's a point where, where, where Roma's turned back and he's like, he, he's like, you know, firing up the crowd and Orndorff pulls him, pulls his trunks and says, Hey motherfucker, turn around. His ass almost comes out. Hey, turn around so I can tag you into the ring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, God, Roma fucking sucks. Fair enough. Like, um, just to circle back, this will tickle Jeff's giblets here. Um, so WWE did the uh, video release uh, for the Four Horsemen. Um, mm-hmm. Trip, uh, Triple H was on that, and he questioned Paul Roma's inclusion into their stable um, and referred to him as a, quote, job guy from WWE. <laughs> it's my favorite clip of the whole DVD. Yeah, no, he, he's right. That's then, the power and and the glory. Then oh Jesus. Then um there's a spot where Roma's got Bagwell in a front face like a front headlock down on the ground, and then Bagwell's trying to like, you know, when you clap to get the cl- the, the the crowd cheering. So he slaps on the ground like eight times, but I mean in modern wrestling terms, he slaps on the ground like three or four times. I'm like, oh, did he tap? Oh, that's right, no one taps here. But it's just this 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 match is God, this thing's fucking all over the place. It's long plotting, 
The ref doesn't have control. I don't think that the combatants know what the hell is going on in the match. Like the whole cooler spot should have really been a disqualification because he hits <laughs> hits his head with yes. on it like twice. And then I, there's that spot where he's trying to do the pile driver and, and fucking Roma. All he's doing is standing on the apron, like humping air, like pile driver, pile driver, pile driver. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then Ornip has to grab his fucking trunks and almost pulls his ass out. Like, hey, motherfucker, pay attention. It's just it's it's not good. Pretty wonderful was not a good tag team. Um, Stars and Stripes wasn't much better because Marcus Bagwell had been rookie of the year for three years in a row at this point. Not good. Like, I just, I don't understand, man. Like, I guess they're working with what they got, but you kind of look at it. Harlem Heat's not even on the show. Like, why is Harlem Heat not on the show? I mean, you could have done pa- something with them. Like, I- the, 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 the Patriots pin in Paul Roma and the refs tapping him, like, hey, wrong guy. Hey, wrong guy. And he's shaking his head, like, no, nah, man, I'm good. You're, you're wrong. Like, the fuck is going on the whole finish is a wrong the wrong guy scenario and it's just it's just not good it's convoluted and no one in the audience is giving a shit they're all sitting on their hands pretty much the whole match well yeah and then by the time it's fucking done they're like wait what <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. what we just watched 12 minutes of shit yeah it's just not good um according to paul roma um, fucking mother. There is a WWE Hall of Famer that told him that Power and Glory were quote the best tag team he's ever seen. That's why they yeah. won the tag titles. Jeff, oh, wait, they didn't. Take, Jeff, do you want to take a guess at who that Hall of Famer would be? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm? Go ahead and let me have it. That'd be Mr. Brett Hitman Hart. Bullshit. He's a liar. <laughs> he is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, and then he woke up from his fucking dream, Paul Roma. I want you guys to put on your TikTok the whole Paul Roma speech about Ric Flair and Arn Anderson being 80-year-old people and holding him back in the horseman. He should have been world champion, uh, all this other stuff. This is also a man that gets fired for a match he puts on with Alex Wright. Um, because, because he sandbags him. Sandbags him, no-sells him, won't do anything for the kid just because he knows he's not getting pushed anymore. And it and I'm glad he got fired because he's a piece of shit. Hope he never gets another job in wrestling. Hope none of his action figures ever come out because he's a terrible human being. Go fuck yourself, Paul Roma. Yep. Love it. Mean Gene backstage with the Rhodes family and the Nasty Boys um, repping the Nasty Dream shirts. Jeff, I'm sure Love you it. have one. Love it. Oh, nasty dream, daddy. Yeah. Um, everybody except Dustin, because he's a fucking schmuck. Um, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> sad, uh, so Jerry Sags calls the aisle going to the ring Nasty Boulevard and the ring Nastyville. Oh, okay. Um, and then this is the best part of this whole thing. Well, not really, but... Um, Brian Nobbs then says, we're going to shove a nasty sensation down your throats. <laughs> uh, the phrasing. <laughs> um, I love Dusty Rhodes. Don't get Fuck me wrong he's here. Great. He's I, I love I love Dusty, but his the collar on his shirt is cut out way too big. 
He looks like somebody's butch Aunt Tina that just showed up at the softball game to chastise the umpire for strikes and balls, just the way he's standing there. It just does not look it's like the, the dusty road. <laughs> it's it it's before he gives it's before he starts talking, it's the hands on the hips too that do it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it. And he's standing there like moving his lips. I'm like I'm like, oh god. Oh boy. <laughs> Hair slicked back. With all that, listen, listen, with all that said. And you are correct. There's also something about like when they're just standing there and he's and he's not talking, everybody else is going. Like you can just feel he's Dusty Rhodes. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like you can just like I, clearly he's Dusty Rhodes. But what I'm saying is, is you know he's gonna talk. Clearly. Mm-hmm. He's gonna cut a promo. He's and taking it all in. And you don't care about what anybody says. You just want to hear Dusty talk, you know? Yes. God, he's so good. They can, I mean, talk of, they can talk about nasty sensations down your throat, but it doesn't matter. Just get it, the dusty. It doesn't. It gets the dusty, and Dusty's talking about all types of games, but this is all games. It, it, I'm telling you, he's. I mean, I know you guys know, but there's just something about Dusty. <laughs> I just can't get over his hands on his hips. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but but it, it works though. Like it, yeah. it works. Like anybody else we would be like like actually really making fun of. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he can make but, it work. It doesn't matter. He's yeah. he's the dream. Yeah. He's the dream. I mean, it's it's that simple. Yeah. Um so I don't know where to start with this one because this is a really bad match, too. It's the number one contender <laughs> triangle elimination match. Uh, the winner is the new number one contender for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. We have Vader, Sting, and the holy fuck Guardian Angel. Who is the Guardian Angel? Uh, the big boss, man. Well, big I'm Bubba. no angel. Ray, Ray Trailer. Big bubble. I well hate the Guardian Angel gimmick so fucking much. I hate it. So there's just so much to unpack here. So first of all, he looks like he's some type of like military beret guy because he's Whoa. got this stupid beret on. He's got this leather fucking jacket. I'm watching him walk out to the ring now, and he looks like he's the fucking Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, but in red and black. <laughs> Well, it, it's bad. I dug the guardian angel in the sense of like, like clearly that, well, who knows fucking back in these days, but I would assume so. But, but clearly like he had, they had to get the okay or the Iggy from like the real guardian angels and like, and like, that's what they were doing. But that just has no business in wrestling. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So like, again, like, just seeing him as the guardian angel and like all the promos and stuff, you see him like, you know, they, they showed him like on the street doing stuff. And like, I was like, oh yeah, like, like that's cool. But then when he actually has to get in there and wrestle, it's like, ah, you know. Well, and the whole guardian angel statement is nonviolence. Like, I mean, they're, they're supposed to patrol with like no weapons, citizens arrest, all this other stuff. And it's just like, you pussy by the big boss, man. Y- yes. Yes. Um. Also, too, um, Vader has him down. There's a spot where Vader has him down, like in a headlock, you know, like like this. 
and he hits him with one of his little like side punches like right in the fucking nose i mean just right in the fucking nose god yeah. bless i mean it's vader i got it like that's what he does but boy i would have <laughs> been fucking pissed i would have been fucking pissed and, and another another thing is the rules match suck just i was make just it... getting ready to get to yeah. those yeah. yeah go ahead you you hit that oh great can't i can't i can't wait <laughs> so it starts off with a coin toss to determine who will begin the match. I'm stopping right there because if you're telling me it's a triangle match, that means mm-hmm. all three guys are wrestling each other. There shouldn't be an issue, right? So we'll move on from there. The winner will get a bye while the other two fight. Once someone is eliminated, the odd man out steps in the wrestle. Each round has a 15-minute time limit. If there's no decision, they get a five-minute overtime. Then it goes to sudden death where the first person to leave their feet loses. Why don't you just call it a gauntlet match? Like, I don't understand. Like, It makes too tri- much sense. Triangle match is not the right terminology. But I guess you got to think at this time, there's not been a lot of triple threat matches. But even in a triangle match, you would think all three people were going to wrestle each other at the same time. With the way they build it up. That sounds like it. Also, if you're watching ECW at the time, they're having triangle and three-way dances right now as we speak. Yep. Like, so we already know what it is. So it makes no sense. It fucking throwing three coins. It's all convoluted as hell. And it's just so bad. And then you have two men that look like wrestlers. And then you have Big Bubba. Or, sorry, I'm not calling the Guardian Angel. Uh, Big Bubba over there in fucking sweatpants and a t-shirt. So, without getting too much into this quite yet, so, right now, I've paused it on the network. So, this show, in total, it's two hours and 46 minutes, okay? Mm -hmm. The only matches that are left are this fuckery and then the War Games match. That's it, okay? I've Mm -hmm. paused it to where the coin toss just happened. It's an hour and 15 minutes into this card. Yeah, so this- we have an hour and a half with just this and war games and war games goes about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh my so God. Do the fucking math. This match goes 30. <clears throat> yeah. 30 Oh six or something. And war games like 19 something. Um, yeah. It, for this to go that long was they were just filling time, but you had talent that could have filled this time. You could, had, something. you could have had two well uh, at least another match two matches really yeah um so sting wins the coin toss but you also so, had the uh you also uh, had the Ho- the hogan flare uh satel- satellite off clusters crap I'm not thinking of a way that ha- that giving this whole fucking thing over 30 minutes is a good idea. Not even gonna try to make it make sense because I I didn't like any of this. No, uh, the, no. The, one stings in it, so there it's already bad right there. Um, stings a goal, and then two, <laughs> um, two the whole stipulations of the match and everything else, and then continuity wise. So Harley Race jumps off, heads, headbutts uh, um, um, the Guardian, and and 
you know, he gets pinned one, two, three. Then later when Sting's out here, the Guardian comes back out and then he mm-hmm. punches Har- Harley Race. And what's he do? He headbutts him. <laughs> I was like, well, wait a minute. He he headbutts Harley Race and then he like race falls over. I'm just like, oh, whoa, whoa. what are we doing here? Like, geez. And <sighs> it's just, I never liked the combination of Vader and the uh, big boss man, whatever you want to call him. Um, in matches, they tried to do it a couple times and yep. just was not good. They did not match up well to each other. I, I just, I was never the, a big boss man fan once he really left WWF. Like it just felt like he was out of place and he phoned it in a lot after this right here, after like 95, when he, he starts going back to being big Bubba and stuff, he just kind of started phoning it in even more, but it just did not, this never got off the ground for me, at least the first match. Sting and Vader, they beat the shit out of each other. I'll give them that. They, they, until the end of that, whatever sudden death was, they were, they're putting on a pretty good match. Um, if you want to see something that infuriates you, Jeff, um, go to cage match and somebody rates this match right here, a 10 out of 10 and calls it the best match WCW ever put on. Hold on. Vader. Oh, the Vader and Sting part. No, this, the whole thing. Oh, I got to find this. Yep, it's a ten. They rated a ten out of ten. Says it's the best match no, WCW ever put this. on. God, fuck, cage but, matches be fucking taken down. But like the Sting part, just bypass Guardian Angel because fuck him. The only thing, the, Bobby Heenan got in a little trouble on commentary because he calls him boss man, and then he has to work around it. He's like, well, when I see a man like that in the ring, he's a boss to me, man. Don't did you think he's a boss oh. like, like that? He has to go around it. Um, yeah, but like. Vader and Sting, man, they were going at it hard. They're punching each other in the face. Vader's going for the moonsault. But, like, the ending ruined whatever they did together with the masked man coming out and hitting Sting in the leg, barely. And he falls down, and Vader stands up. Like, it's just a crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Vader stands up like, I'm just like, yeah, but you you didn't do anything, though. Like, like, they they were pulling out all the stops, but... It ruined it. The whole ending ruined it. I think it's like the very bottom review, Cod. Mm. They call it. A, it's a ten out of ten. Well, I'm fucking cooking now. <laughs> let me this, let me let me tell you. This match is the highest rated match on the card by Cage Match standards. Oh no, I don't like. I don't like that. Because didn't this is this is after the boss man came in as the boss and. WWE pretty much sued him and said he can't be called that. Yeah. He yeah. changed to the Guardian Angel. Yeah. But we go. the beret just took all credibility away from all the rednecks. Holy shit. Told you. Told you. What? Also, this is rated as the highest match of the card per our uh, resident daddy Dave Meltzer. So take that. 4.75, pretty much five. It's a 3.75 out of five. It's terrible. Oh, Jesus. This match sucks, guys. Don't it, it like oh, listeners I, out there, it blows. It, it's yeah. not good. I don't know yeah. what they were watching. Well. Ugh, man. Sting Vader's okay, but the, yeah. the, the it is ruined by the end. Not only is Sting Invader's amazing chemistry at its peak, not only is Harley Race's <laughs> treachery at its strongest, but Ray Trailer brings everything to the table in a brief, though quite tremendous performance with Vader. 
yeah, they they just they never miss a beat or some crap or another in there. It's the best match WCW ever put on. It's terrible. I'm oh, this is a good one. The match action itself would probably be an eight, but the story they told it easily a nine plus. <laughs> oh my god. Everybody's Why art is... arts just complete with each other, guys. Whatever that means. A, they gave this a seven point two four on cage match out of ten. It's not good. It, it, why is I, the the lowest somebody gave this was a five? <sighs> Cage match fucking sucks. That's about what yes. I would give it as a five because, like I said, Sting Vader makes up for a lot of it, but the ru- the finish ruins everything. So, well, Vader defeats the Guardian Angel. Vader defeats Sting. Do we need to say anything more? Oh, one one last thing. Bobby Heenan can't even call boss man's finish or because he tries to call it the boss man slam. And he's like, Oh, he hits his finisher. <laughs> That's his finishing move. That's all he says. Cause he's about to call it the boss man slam and he couldn't. Good God almighty. Oof. What did they? Oh, wow. I got to see what people say about that. Oh, look at that. Not eligible for the match guy. Cause the match length was under a minute. Jim Duggan and Steve Austin go fucking figure. <laughs> um god damn it fuck ever oh, oh okay so this is the one thing that cage match did get right um so if you click on any talent it gives you their current total rating out of 10 uh jim duggan is a 4.31 out of 10 <laughs> jeff jeff doesn't listen to mark sites it's fine <laughs> Not a great no. wrestler at all. His uh-huh. in-ring work is boring as hell to watch, and his gimmick was cringeworthy. Oh, God. That guy can <laughs> shut the fuck up, because he's the same person probably <laughs> fucking, uh, uh, you know, telling you that all this other fucking shit is whatever. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Memorable, if below average in the ring. Not that it mattered all that much, given the time or style he was working. Did a good job trying in vain to get younger guys over towards the tail end of WCW. Harley races jacket on point. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Jeff, do not go on here and read these. You might you might find a reason to drink. <laughs> I, I'm yet. I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do though? Let me uh just send this in the old group chat here. This isn't. It, it's funny. Hold on. So I'm gonna put wrestling purists and Man called Sting. Sting's yeah. just coming out on my screen here. Yeah. Well, make sure to click on that and read that. Um. But yeah, this is. Oh, Sting is nine point one four out of ten. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> just about to throw his computer. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I I just I just love it. It's just so good. It's so on point and accurate. <sighs> um. <laughs> so cat. So Cactus Jack has left WCW now. He's outside with a sign that reads, "Will wrestle for food." ECW. ECW. Hmm. 
So we've got Flair in Vegas, Hogan in Florida, because why not? Um, I don't think I can go beat for beat with this thing, but this is pretty well done. It's it's when they first cut the Hogan and he's clinging and banging brother, and he's on he's on he's on the only he's on he's on the only red machine in the. Like, like, look at the whole gym. There's not another red machine, like red workout machine. He's on the only one. Because <laughs> he had to be. It, it's just, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. To me, it, you just hear Hogan doing his Hogan voice while Flair's actually sitting there talking like a regular person. Then Hogan's over there like, dude. And, and it's like <laughs> Hogan, Hogan cadence and Flair's just like sitting there with girls and just being Ric Flair, like it's just that's a little cringeworthy because like it, Flair's just Flair, but then Hogan's playing a character. He just was very evident here. Yeah, but it was well done for the time. But why yeah. is this on your pay per view that people paid money to see? Because it was pre recorded. Like, and. The my, the best part to me is when Bockwinkle comes out and makes it a cage match, and Okerlund's like, "What are you smoking? I'm gonna talk to you <laughs> in the back." Yeah. So I love this, Nick, Nick Bockwinkle in this role, by the way, love it. Oh, so me too. this leads to the career versus career steel cage match at Halloween Havoc '94, uh, with Mister T as the special guest ref uh, referee. But even though Hogan won and Flair lost, this would mean absolutely nothing um, because Flair would be back in well, January. So, Well, and they don't even mention Flair's career here yet. Don't yeah. they, they, they trick him into that later, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I bet like, yeah, I could. I just remember. Flair's like, yeah, I'll, you're you're stupid. I want to take your career and your title, even though I'm the real world <laughs> champion. You're stupid, <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Oh, God, I, I, we, we got him right where we want him, Jimmy. Got him right yeah. where we want him. <laughs> I got a little secret. I've been working. The knee's not as bad as I said it was. And I'm like, oh God, he's got a red knee pad on underneath. <laughs> uh, he's he's been he's been clanging and banging, brother. Come on, now. <laughs> sure. Been, work, been working it real hard, me, Gene. Uh, listen, Jarvis, if you say your prayers and eat your vitamins too, brother, you might get ahead. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> You'd be like, be like Flair says, you mean to tell me no more taking your vitamins, no more saying your prayers, none of that crap. Side me up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's time, y'all. It's time um, for these soldiers fighting for their country. And now oh. these eight men will test their manhood. Uh, this oh. is uh, the War Games match. All of our competitors here, we have. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream Daddy. And we have Nasty I Am. Uh, and they are taking on the stud stable. That would be uh, Terry Funk, Double A Art Anderson, Bunkhouse Buck, the fucking sloppy jalopy, and Colonel Robert Parker, who, fun fact, 
uh, suffered diarrhea during the final moments of this match. He shit himself. <laughs> I was he, hoping you found that. <laughs> and this is um, confirmed by the American Dream Daddy. <laughs> I will I will say something, man. Like you, you said Michael Buffer's speech at the beginning of this. Why bring Michael Buffer in just to announce the war games and not announce the competitors coming into the match? Yeah, uh, uh, probably Travis, because that was probably another hundred thousand dollars, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, but I can tell you, Mike Michael Buffer probably won't wrong either. He won't Hold ever say you. it. He was never you want said me to bug do what? Bug. He's like, yeah, you want me to do what? Uh, like, bro, you got to put two more. You got to put two more zeros on the end of that thing for me. You know what I'm saying for for that. Who's Buckhouse Buck? I don't know who that is. Come on, I'm not Dave. saying that. No. Um. So, how did we get here? So we get the recap of the feud. Awesome. Corner Robert Park will be in the match. He doesn't even own a pair. Of, Colonel Robert Parker doesn't even own a pair of tights. Um, so they recap double A turning on Dustin and Dusty. Um, then they show the clips. Uh, Dusty Rhodes breaks a wooden chair over Ming. Um, and then the next show, they recruit the Nasty Boys at a bar. Uh, they start a bar fight. Fuck that was all. cool. Uh, that was that, that that was cool. Um, um if so, I could go. If I could go Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Um Dusty breaks the chair over Ming's head and the sunglasses never come off. Fuck yeah. God damn. Um yeah. Is this why Robert Parker is sweating so much? Yes. Fucking shit in his pants. God damn it. He I will say they do. They treat Robert the way they treat Robert Parker into admitting he was healthy for the match was great. Yeah, They're like that's, that's good stuff. How's your heart? Uh never better. <laughs> I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look for skid marks, and then oh, you sick fuck. Um, and then well, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to validate the source. Well, um, at the end, at the end of the match, you could hear him say, "They busted something on my insides." <laughs> oh. <laughs> if we go back to the the promo between Dusty and Dustin, oh great, um, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And the crowd's cheering, and fucking Dusty just turns and puts his hand up, and the whole fucking arena just quiets. Like, he's so good. God, he's so good. And looking back and seeing this, um, Cody definitely has this part of his dad's stuff. Well, well, not all of that, but like some some of this promo stuff. Now, his is more scripted and this, that, and other, and blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, but he... Dust uh, uh Cody does have um some of the skill to get emotion out of people, I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, he's very he's got that crowd element down, like how to get people behind him involved and yes, yes. Say the right things, pull at the heartstrings. He's very much like his dad yeah. at that point. Yeah. He by no means is it, he's not he ain't his dad by a long shot, but he does have some of his dad's traits and um especially, you know, that that type of stuff. I, I will say that barroom thing reminds me of the promos that Dusty was filming for like uh how was it, ninety two Havoc, where they're doing the the bar scene with Jake Roberts and the the little person and the laser shoot from Sting and Jake. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like the cinematic stuff. Like 
it, it was really well done and it made nasty boys look pretty cool too. So yeah. I was, I, I had forgot all about that till I rewatched that promo, but it Me was, too. um, it was, it was some good stuff to see that like WCW at least was trying somewhat at the time, uh, for, to do some things that were a little bit outside the box. Yeah. Overall though, this is a war games match. It's fun. There's a lot of back and forth. Uh, you can see the finish coming from a mile away, mm-hmm. but in all in all honesty, this should have been Mang and not Colonel Robert Parker di- diarrhea or not. It just made more sense. I thought the the work that Dustin and Arn did in the beginning was really good. Mm-hmm. Really that, good. Agreed. That spot that Terry Funk took looked brutal. Where they tried to pile drive him between the rings, and then he yes. falls through the rings. That that yes. was kind of kind of scary. Yes, uh, I, I may get some flack for this, but is this the worst War Games match? Oh no, not by not by a long shot. Like out of the real War Games matches, I'm not talking about the Vince Russo era of crap on Nitro. Well, nine ninety eight is really close. So I don't know whether you determine. Oh yeah, that. the triple. Triple threat one, yeah. yeah, the one, the one where it's the warrior, but it's really the yeah. renegade. Yeah. yeah, but that that's not war games though. That's not a war, but games it match. is. But that's it is not a though. Fucking war games match. <sighs> to me, this is one of the weaker offerings of war games. Yes, yes. The, well, the year before I, is pretty weak too. Would was it Harlem Heat and or they still um, Cole and Kane at the time and. It up. Yes, yeah, and, and Sid. So where yeah, are we yeah, here? Because uh, War Games always has to be personal, and this wasn't personal. The only you know people, I mean, the only people it was personal between was Arn and Dustin, and Dusty. yeah, and and again, that's why I thought the front beginning was so good. But I mean, throw Terry in there with that. Uh, well, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. oh yeah, uh, the the one from the year before. Was Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Dodston Rhodes, and uh, the Shockmaster uh, oh, <laughs> with Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat. Oh, no. Um, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was the one in 95. It was uh, the Dungeon of Doom and the Hulkamaniacs. At least there was more star power in that one, though. I give oh, it that. without a doubt. It was Hogan, Savage, Luger, and Sting. And then the Dungeon of Doom, it was. Kamala, the Zodiac, the Shark, and Mang. And the thing of it is, it was supposed to be Vader, not Luger, right? Yeah. And that's when Vader leaves. Because he's in yep. all the promos. Oh, just mm-hmm. watch the, that Terry spot again. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, Colonel, Colonel Robert Parker, obviously being an ex-fucking worker, but gets in there and just throws a beautiful fucking right hand. An absolutely yes. beautiful <laughs> right hand. He works. Uh, look for not being a quote unquote wrestler. He well, works he is his a, ass off. Uh, well, I mean, he is a wrestler. He was a wrestler, but 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 yes, well, yeah. in this in this time period, yes, yeah, 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 yes. Also, too, he has no undershirt on another shirt, and he's sweating so bad. This damn thing looks like tissue paper. Good lord, this match does suffer from the no blood era, though, because I feel yeah. like D- Dustin would have been bleeding buckets. Oh, oh, D- Dust, Dustin and Terry Funk would have been covered in fucking blood, and they should have been. It's just um, the nasty. The nasty boys very much seem in their element though during this match. Like they're just all over the place. No, crazy. I'm, 
I'm 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 with you, Travis. You would think like for as much as they look out of place, like you know what I mean, like physically and like with their gear and all that, they they actually were pretty good in this. No, I, I mean it's not a terrible war games. It's just not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like it, when you go back and look like Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance is a, a mm-hmm. benchmark. If you go back to the eighties, the the Great American Bash Tour with Dusty and the Road Warriors and yeah. I guess the, all those people. Like this is definitely a step down, and uh, yeah. it's but it is fun seeing Terry Funk in there, in a, in a War Games, and Arn Anderson is perennial first man starting it. So I, I always love Arn Anderson in War Games. Yeah, it's just but I think they even said on commentary the only two people from the original War Games that are still there are Dusty Ar- and, and Arn. Arn. Yeah, you know, at least in this match, but you know, yes, yeah, yes, but um. But that was a cool little thing they they mentioned. And then when Dusty comes in, starts hitting the bionic elbows, that place loses their mind. Yeah. And you oh. can tell, too, I'm watching it now. Dusty gets in. He sends everybody to the cage. And you can tell just he slides right into his groove. You know what I mean? He just comes right at home. Oh, he's so good. He's out there pacing the ring, like trying to get in. His, his son's getting beat up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Arn, too, like you said, Orange, he knows exactly what to do. He's bumping his ass off. He's he's at the right place at the right time all the time. Such a professional. Such a fucking professional. God, he doesn't get mm-hmm. he doesn't get the do that he should. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. He really doesn't. No, man, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time to never be a world champion. And he easily could have been in this in that era when flair wasn't there man it would have made sense like he's the next man up kind of thing but imagine having diarrhea though and in oh. this match trying not to shit your pants but having to move around at the same time <laughs> I'd be so frustrating i would argue he, he, he just let it go and, and deal with the uh he just let it go and deal with the uh fucking white pants too that's the worst thing about it <laughs> also man let, cu- let it cu- let it go kudos to Ming too like he is like a ravage animal outside shaking the cage trying to climb in the cage like he played his part very well too Be- trying to get to colonel robert parker and save him yeah the colonel dusty slapping on the figure four daddy oh man so, yeah, so when you see him, like, laying and sitting on the mat at the end of this match for as long as he does, it's not because he's selling, it's because he shit himself. <laughs> and he doesn't want to so. show, show his ass he's, to the camera. Yeah, white pants, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, he's smart. This is the perfect finish. Uh, and, yeah, he's busted up inside, so are his pants. It's The bad thing is Terry uh, Fuck crawls over to, like, his knee. At the end, when he's sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh my god, his face is right all up in that. It's so bad." Oh yeah, oh it's oh you can see him mouth it. He's like, he's, <laughs> it looks like he said, "I shit, I shit my pants." <laughs> well, Nobs gives him a fucking stiff ass fucking elbow, boy. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're just like, taking turns, fucking. They're just taking turns on him at the end there. Man's cradling they, him like a baby. And then they double fucking elbow drop him. That's probably where he shit himself. Fucking Ming 
Ming headbutts a camera. It's great. <laughs> Feel good moment for the roads is uh, that that's always that that's good to see. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ming sits him up on his ass. <laughs> can't see his pants <laughs> yeah and then he's like toddling him like a like a like like a fucking child and, like, and ard's over there listening to him talk and he's like yep get out of here fuck you yeah i'm <laughs> not ready to i'm not ready to smell this shit anymore uh, Aaron said i didn't i didn't sign up for that <laughs> uh oh and don't forget right after this match um mean gene says the proceeds for halloween havoc go to muhammad ali's charity Oh shit! I didn't ever forget all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much they got from that. Uh, not remember. Terry's cut, brother. Bullshit! <laughs> you ain't getting Terry's cut. <laughs> you're not getting. You're not getting my cut, brother. Brother, dude. Parkinson's or not, <laughs> you ain't getting that cut, brother. <laughs> um, there is nothing about this. Um, but don't forget. And our next <laughs> shit myself. <laughs> yeah, you he bounced. He bounced. Yeah, yeah, he does. I told you. Like, <laughs> he does. I shit myself. They literally <laughs> the camera comes back to his face, and that's what he said. I shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> uh, what a what a. What a great finish to a mediocre show. Uh, overall thoughts on Fall Brawl 94. Man, to me it's 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 nothing to write home about. Like I mean, it is a, a war games match, yes, but it, like we said it's kind of a lesser than war games, but good good roads, you know, family moment there. And really besides to me the regal uh Johnny B bad match, there's not much to see. Uh, and it's also known for one of the worst moments in wrestling. Uh, Steve Austin getting jobbed out in 35 seconds to uh, Jim Duggan. So um, <laughs> I uh, do not really care much for Fall Brawl 94. You know, I will agree with that. Uh, just just the worst. Um, but this is a show that is bookended um, with above average matches. I'll say that the War Games match and the television tied title match, both good matches. Um, the oh, the opener, obviously the better of the two, just from a technical standpoint. But from a storyline entertainment standpoint, the War Games match is there too. Um, everything else can just piss off. Well, it's like WCW tried too hard in some aspects, like with the triangle match, trying to to make something more exciting than, or trying to convolute something they shouldn't have. Yeah. Tag, the tag title match was forgettable. No one cared about either team. And Cactus Jack phoned in his match, man. He just didn't want to be there anymore. So it it's it was that's sad that that was kind of Cactus Jack's, you know, <laughs> swan song, but it is what it is. Man. Uh Jeff, final thoughts on Fall Brawl ninety four. Uh I actually enjoyed it. Um it was, you know, there was shit all over the place. You know what I'm saying? I guess, I guess literally now, ironically, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it like for as not bad, but for as wacky as it was, um, you know, it was okay. 
we, we've definitely watched worse shows than this. Oh God! Oh, um, absolutely. It it's just I think it was is hampered by bad booking and and some questionable decisions on match types and stuff. But Bobby the Brain Heenan is a breath of fresh air for WCW on commentary. He's so good. His one liners throughout the show, even this little wrap up section with Bob, uh, Okerlund at the at, end is at hilarious. End, yeah, yeah. Where they're yeah. standing in the background pointing about something under the, t- the table and Shivani's trying to sign off and not crack up. It's it's good stuff, man. They're, they're definitely trying to up their game with Hogan and the, the WWF people they've pulled in. So, you know, mm-hmm. WCW's trying. Fair enough. Well, that closes this 82nd chapter of the Retro Review, courtesy of your own wrestling purists. Uh, Jeff, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? Jeff M. Hall, one. I get his out of the way now because it's so short. Um, so over to Travis. Travis, uh, what do we have on deck for wrestling recommendations? Uh, eBay page, convention, shows you're gonna be at. What's going on? Uh, we still got the eBay page going over there. TGL the Man Twelve still trying to put stuff up. Uh. I'm currently on an 11 day vacation from work. So hopefully trying to get some of that stuff knocked out and put up there while I'm uh, out and about. Um, uh, we just recorded the the podcast for the, uh, wild eyed Southern boys versus the midnight express from great American bash, 1990 for the podcast, uh, over there at wrestling recommendations. So be sure to check that one out. Our last one, uh, man, I can't remember what our last one was, right offhand, but I know we talked about Dusty and I'm not Dusty, but Terry and, and Bray Wyatt. Um, that was a big portion of the beginning part of our show. We, you know, paid a little tribute to those guys. Um, that we just recently lost and we know we just lost, uh, I had now now Casey too, which was kind of out of left field, you know, and hadn't thought about him in a long time, but I think he passed away yesterday or the day before. Um, but look, looking forward to getting that one out there. And then our next match, uh, is kind of around this area. It's ha- Halloween Havoc, 1993 Vader versus Cactus Jack and a Texas death match. So that's our next uh, podcast to record. So looking forward match. to that one. Ma'am. Um, and then we have the Smoky Mountain Collectors Con coming up here in October 13th and 14th, where me and Eddie and, a buddy Skip and Eric and Brandon from Rants from the Black Lodge will be out trying to sell things to you people that want to buy them, hopefully. And uh, just shout out, I'll give a shout out for NGW. Uh, they got a show coming up, you know, Nightmare in the Old City. I'm sure Eddie will talk about it more next week, but uh, those tickets are now available. Mm-hmm. Um, Dirty Breeze will be taking on. I don't know if they've announced who they're taking on yet, but um, I know they'll be, in act, they'll, they'll be in action. Don't want to spoil anything, but... You know, look out for those good good brothers over there at the NGW, and go go to the English Trout Farm over here in uh, Severeville, Tennessee. When you're out here, um, give Cody Ford some more money and some more headache. So be sure to go uh, hang out at the English Mountain Trout Trout Farm. But uh, besides fantasy football, man, that's about all I got going on right now. Yeah, yeah, back. So we will see you in two weeks when uh, we cover Jeff's favorite topic that would be tna uh as we cover uh from 2005 uh this is unbreakable uh this is a show that i've wanted to do for a while um it of course is headlined by um 
the only five-star match in TNA's history. That is AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, the three-way match for the TNA X Division Championship, currently held by Christopher Daniels at this time. Uh, also, uh, good TNA, Jeff, not bad TNA. Thank you. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not locked down 2010, so you're fine. Um, I can confirm that um, you will see stars on this show like like Conan. Ugh. Uh, you got you've got Roddy Strong on this show. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Jeff was going to perk up a little bit when I said that, but I guess. Not. Well- well, I, I was just about to say, if you'd have told me, Jeff, hey, what's, you know, bet me somebody that Roddy Strong was in TNA, I'd have been like, what? No fucking way. <laughs> News to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, oh, and then also, Raven is your current NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and he does have a Ravens Rules match on this card. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I knew. God damn it, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's coming up in two weeks. I know you're gonna be really excited for it. Um, but next week, as Travis alluded to, we will be welcoming Eddie Shepard back to the pod. Uh, one half of wrestling recommendations and one half of the great minds behind Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee. We will finally be covering SummerSlam 2002. Uh, we wanted to do it a few weeks back. But life got in the way and just didn't get a chance to do it. So uh, here we go. Uh, This is, of course, headlined uh, by Brock Rock. Um, As I said at the beginning of the show, this has Shawn Michaels and Triple H, uh, Rob Van Dam, Chris Benoit, uh, gosh, Edge, Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair, Chris Jericho, uh, Rangel, Rey Mysterio. That's a barn burner. And it's the um, opener, right? I believe that is the that, opener of the show. Yeah, yeah. Correct. That is the opener. And if I'm not mistaken, it's pretty fucking good. So, uh, but this match, but this card top to bottom, not to mention Christian and Lance Storm are your current tag team champions that also have a match on this card. Um, because, you know, Christian, at last, he's on his own. This is before he was insulting people's dead fathers. Yeah. Uh, He he can be Nick Wayne's dad. He doesn't have one, so it'll be fine. Uh, But so that's what we have coming up next next week. And then, of course, Travis the week after. And then after that, I'm getting this out of the way. It's a spoiler here. Uh, So three weeks time, uh, the week of September 25th, it's important because um, that's my birthday week, so uh, I kind of made the schedule to my liking here. We're doing Unforgiven 2008. Uh, this card is notorious for the championship scramble match. Oh, God. Yes. Punk loses There's... the belt without even being in the match. and. No, 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 no. Oh, wrong one, wrong one. No, wrong one. Yeah, this is uh, this is 2008. Mm, this is the one where the ECW one opens, the WWE Championships in the middle. Uh, it's, it has the Brian Kendrick in that one where it's his only quote unquote championship win. Um, yeah, but doesn't count because he's not the champion at the end, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, 
and then the main event is the World Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, but what I will say, this also has the unsanctioned match between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho um, that leads to uh, the latter match at No Mercy, which is fantastic. Uh, it is so great match. Yeah, so there's a lot to love there, but a lot to love here at the Wrestling Purist Podcast. We got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. We've got predictions over on, I keep wanting to say Twitter. Do I say X now or do I say Twitter? Please. Uh, I still say Twitter. I'm, I'm still saying Twitter. Uh, Twitter X. We'll just call it that so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so we do that over on Twitter and X. Um, we're also on TikTok and all of our other socials are WPPod1. Uh, you can listen to our podcast on all streaming platforms, including Apple and Spotify. All direct links can be found on our website at linktree.com backslash WPPod1. And if you enjoy our content and would like to support the podcast, you can head over to our Buy Me a Coffee page at WPPod1, where you can support the pod for as little as a dollar. The first donator gets to choose a future review for us to do. Here we go. I'm just going to go do a dollar right now so I can choose something really bad. Well, you should because <laughs> um, it is going to be our 100th episode. Oh, man. Thank you. You get to choose. So if you're going to do that and you would like to support, go right ahead. Nobody's going to stop you. But that, but that George Washington is going right into the bank of the purists. So that's that. But as always... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Retro Review, courtesy of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. And thank you for giving us a listen as we give a pure take on professional wrestling. Yeah.